Hey everybody, this is Brother Frank, and welcome to another episode of The Remnant Call. I'm glad to be back here. I'm sorry I was gone last week. I tried to, I was going to try to get something pre-recorded and just work got so busy, but I had to get away, go on a canoe trip, live in the woods for four days, and enjoy life. And uh, Todd, I know you're listening, brother. Uh, I'm already missing the fire right now, and uh, we we try to go... Uh, every year and get away and just uh, relax and get out into the wilderness. I live in the woods, but there's something about getting away, detaching from society that allows the mind to be renewed and cleared. And folks, I'm telling you right now, you need to learn how to live on less. You got to learn how to live on less. There is a lot of conveniences and everything, and I'm not against every convenience. I'm, I'm not talking about that. But the sad thing is, is most people have no idea how to start a fire, just the basic principles of what it means to even try to survive. And uh, I'll tell you, when you get in touch with getting out and into God's creation and relaxing, because the cities that were in there, they're in there, those aren't God's creation. God's creation is in the wilderness and uh, it's glorious. It's beautiful. And, um, you know, I encourage each one of you to get away and I praise God for it. And, um, Anyways, though, I'm back tonight, and we have got a great program that's coming up tonight, and uh, it is Brother Benjamin's going to be here, and I know he's got something special. He shared with me a little bit earlier. It just so happened to be that what he shared he wanted to speak with was something I was just into. Again, I've been into several times, but I was just into this same section of the very Word of God because and i don't believe in coincidences i don't believe in things happen by chance this uh, god puts things burdens on our hearts for a reason so i'm excited to get into this show tonight so i'm going to bring brother benjamin on we're going to get started with some prayer and we're going to get this underway benjamin are you here with me if i can unmute my microphone i'll, you're, you're I'll be here you're right unmuted, on. brother right i can on. hear you Loud and clear. Um, good, good. Benjamin, when you shared with me a little bit about what had been on your heart, uh, I was just excited. Uh, and so I'm looking forward to it. But I'm going to ask that you would open up the remnant call tonight with a word of prayer. The times are serious. And uh, then I'm you know, wherever the Lord uh, wants to lead, because this world is mm. it's so outrageous right now. I don't even mm. know what to say anymore. The Lord rebuke you is what I say to this world. Amen. And to the king and the prince of this ruined age, may the Lord Jesus rebuke you. Mm, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah, it's time for us to stand. Amen. Amen. Time for the remnant to stand. Time for the people of God to stand. Let's pray for him. Yes. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. The battle with it rages fierce. In the fields of destruction, it rages fierce. And the darkness is descending upon the earth such as never was. And the light is about to shine on the remnant. The light of the glory of the Lord is coming upon his chosen ones. For we best not be deceived. Lord, I pray you would speak by your spirit tonight. Amen. The word of truth will come forth. The scriptures are true. The word that is 
alive, timely for this hour, a reward full, the power of the Lord God Almighty, the power of the name of Jesus, the power of the kingdom of God to break chains, to deliver captives, set souls free from the deceptions and the tyranny of sin. In Jesus' name, we pray. Consecrate this time to you, Lord. Let your spirit bring forth a ream of word of truth. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, praise God, brother. I, I know you've got some things on your heart, but just a moment uh, with what's going on this week. Um, Man, we've got like everything's falling apart and the president, what a perfect time to go take a vacation and avoid everything while the world comes crawling, crumbling down around us. I thought that was really nice. Of the president to fly out of here. <laughs> the place burns. Anyways, what happened? But Biden, Biden, you saw where he did like, you know, Afghanistan's falling apart. Everything's going south and he takes off for was it five days to Camp David? And people are just like, where are you going? (laughs) (laughs) Well, why not? (laughs) I know. Yeah. So anyways, Uh, it's kind of like the pastors in many of the churches. The world's falling apart, and they've most part went silent. Well, they got to go golfing on Sunday. Yeah, except for the woke, you know, being woke in the pulpit. That's, of course, important. But oh, Lord have mercy. Yes. Mm. Well, Frank, yeah, I'm glad you called today. And uh, what a time. You know, it's the enemy is just hammering away using every available means. And if, if you are pushing against the tide, you know what I'm talking about. Yes. You know, for the people that are just going with the flow, right? They're just, the river could be raging, but it's not affecting them. They're just caught up in it. And, you know, they're, they're along for the ride. But for those of us that are, that are swimming against the tide, the current's getting stronger and, and the battle is becoming fiercer. And, and we need those times of refreshing. It's like, you know, today was just an almost an overload day. And, you know, we're entering into the season of warfare. You know, this is a time, you guys, over the next, well, really, you know, let's talk about the signs in the sky. Let's talk about the stars for a minute. I should have um, should have printed out what the constellations look like over the next thirty days, the next sixty days. It's war in the heavens and it's war on the earth. You know, right now the war is being fought with tyranny and mutation, with with bioweapons and you know injections of poisons transformations in the population that are too hard to find people that are being primed to follow the beast are being modified they're being made genetically ready to accept the luciferic initiation mm. you know, this is in motion the forces of darkness are taking the throne of the planet for their god and they're mandating that everybody worship 
the image of the beast and everybody take, right? The injection. And then after that, it'll be the mark itself. So yeah, we're watching prophecy fulfill right before our eyes. And we're watching an apostasy occurring in the church. Church is going along with the doctrines of demons in increasing numbers. You know, it's almost like, and this is just my opinion, I, I think this is the worst time that ever was. I mean, yes, it's like the days of Noah, and yes, it's like Sodom and Gomorrah, but I think it's at another level now. Oh, yes. Way, way more evil than Sodom and Gomorrah. The wickedness being poured out. And but I just want to touch on some of the, the things that I've been getting ministered to in the scripture. Frank, I've been working on, on a message. I mean, and, and it started out in um, it started out in 2 Samuel chapter 5 with David. After David was made king, and you know, the Davidic kingdom is, is a picture of the kingdom of our Lord. It's also a picture of the coming of the anointed ones who are the beloved of the Lord. And they will literally come forth with the power of the throne of God in their hands. But as soon as David was made king, the Philistines came against him. Mm. You know, the enemy doesn't waste any time to attack. When he sees new growth in the kingdom of God. He marshals his forces. As soon as he sees repentance in the hearts of a believer, he comes against them vehemently to snuff out the light, to turn back the tide, lest he lose his ground in not only one life, but in many. So too, when David was made king, the Philistines attacked him. And in the initial attack, David prayed unto the Lord and said, you know, Lord, should I go up against them? Will you give them into my hand? And the Lord said to David, go up, for I will certainly give the Philistines into your hand. And so David came to Baal Harazim, which is where the Lord broke through against his enemies. Harazim is the breakthrough, the, the severing, the cutting off of the, of the enemies, the severing of the righteous and the wicked. Mount Parah, the Holy One came from Param, and it's a derivative of Harazim. And there David defeated the enemies of God. And he, and he named the place Parazim because he said, the Lord has broken through my enemies before me like a breaking flood. And David's armies routed the Philistines. Therefore, the name of the place was Baal Parazim even until this time. The Philistines left their idols there. And David's men carried them away. I think rather they should have smashed them into pieces Burned them where they found them, but they carried them away. They touched the unclean articles. Philistines came yet again. And now they've, they've spread themselves out in the valley of Rephaim. And of course, the word Rephaim is, is the giants. They came in the valley of the Nephilim. They came in the valley of the giants. And, and at this point, the giants were really extinct. And, and it was also known as the valley of the ghosts. Or the Valley of the Dead, Valley of the Dead Ones, Gods of the Dead. And so David again sought the Lord and said, shall I go up against them, Lord? And the Lord answered and said, you shall not go up. Rather, go around to the rear. Surround them. 
in the natural and come up against them from the opposite side, from amongst the balsam trees. When you hear the sound, the wind, and the top of the trees, then lift yourself up. For then I, the Lord, will go out before you and strike down the army of the Philistines. So David did as the Lord commanded. And his armies walked through the valley of Hinnom as they walked to encircle the Philistines who were camped in the valley of the giants. The valley of the gods who are dead. And Frank, I've been getting greater and greater. It's like an unveiling. and It's an onion that's being unpacked. I'm into several days worth of messages. All built around the foundation of, of, you know, why did God do this? I mean, surely the Lord could have just told David, just go right up against them, David, and I'm going with you again. And we're not going to have any problem destroying the Philistines. But the Lord told David to surround them. To encircle the enemy. And in doing so, they had to walk through the valley of Hanan. The Lord wanted them to see something as they prepared for the battle. And then he wanted them to wait for the sound of the wind, the ruach, and the trees. And the trees are men. The wind is the Holy Spirit. And the message is for the end of time. It's instruction to the remnant of God what to do to prepare for the battle that is about to begin. For now our enemies have camped in the valley of the giants. And now the dead gods are among them. We can no longer go up against them as we once did. Now we must surround them in prayer. We too must walk through the valley of the Nile. And we must wait for the sound, spirit, rustling in the leaves and trees. Plantings of the Lord. These trees are the men. And the women of God have been chosen for this time. The sound of the wind in the trees. Frank. The evidence of it in the new covenant is the weeping. The balsam tree is known as the weeping tree. And if you cut it in any measure, it weeps. It would weep huge quantities of sap. And so it's a picture of the anointed remnant whose hearts cut even a little, little bit, bring forth weeping unto repentance. And in that place of brokenness, when God hears the sound of our weeping, now the Lord's ready to go up with us. We will no more confront the enemy in the knowledge of good and evil. We will no longer confront them the same battlefield in which they confront us. Now we're going to have to encircle them in prayer first. And this is just a, <laughs> you know how they do a trailer for, a, for you know, some new motion picture or for, yeah. for some new book that might be coming out. That was merely the trailer for a message that at this point, Frank, I, literally as I continue to unload and, and we're going to jump, we're going to skip several 
chapters in this book that apparently is going to be written because I thought this was going to turn into one program and then another and then another. And I realized it's turning into enough material. This is ultimately going to be published in a book entitled The Valley of Hanan because it's a how-to manual for the remnants prepared for the final battle in which we wrestle not against flesh and blood. We're going to, we're going to battle the giants. Because these Chaldeans, full of their demon power, they have the same strength as the giants. And these dead gods right out of the abyss of hell. We've got to bring the full power of God to bear. Go up against them, flesh against flesh. We won't be able to stand. First surround them in prayer. But I'm now realizing there's so much. I'm into like the fourth hour of, of this material is as the Lord keeps going deeper and it all starts with repentance, weeping according to the prophecies and the commandments and the writings of Joel, weep before the porch. And, you know, Frank, that's really the prescription, you know, and this is a land of hardened hearts. It's a land of fallow ground, of ground that has not been broken Hardened hearts and hardened ground. It's a land of briars and thorns. The most upright among us are sharper than the briars. They're more dangerous than the thorns. People become hard-hearted. It's like uh, Joel 2 is just embedded within this message. Yeah. So we've got we've to approach all of this from an entirely other perspective. We cannot move forward in the knowledge of good and evil any longer. We cannot worship the Lord in the flesh. The Father is seeking those who would worship him in the spirit and in the truth of God's real work. And having entered into his secret hiding place, we can surround the enemy. And then in that place of weeping and total repentance, we'll have the full armor on and there'll be no gaps in our armor. There'll be no advantage for the enemy to exploit. Then we can go forth to deliver the captives. And we can go forth to save the little ones. And... Um, one of the most amazing thing about this message is David's men had to walk through the Valley of Hanan because the, the entrance to the Valley of Rephaim was the Valley of Hanan. And so to surround Rephaim, they had to walk through Hanan. And in the midst of Hanan was a place called Tophet. And in Tophet were the altars, the high places that had been set up for the worship of Baal and the worship Ashtaroth and for the worship of Molech. The Amalekites had come. The Chaldeans had come and they worshipped their gods of death. And they would make kindlings of fire. They would, they would burn huge pyres of fire, Frank, before the graven images, before the altars of these demon gods. These pyres of fire would be so large that they would throw Scores of baby lambs bound. They would throw the baby lambs alive 
into the fire, their legs bounced so they couldn't run out. And then they would add to the sacrifice newborn babies of their own wombs, their own sons and daughters, thrown in with the lambs. They burned their children to death in this place. There's fragments of these bones there even now. Archaeologists have recovered the bones and, and verified that there were scores of lambs and scores of baby sons and daughters. Little tiny babies. And Frank, the bones bore evidence of uneven burning, which is proof that these were huge wood pyres of fire. Because the fire was not an even heat. So the estimates were that it would take one to two hours for the fire. So David's men would be walking through the valley and they would see these piles, the remnants, blackened, the lambs, and the babies of Rachel. David's army was shown what they're fighting for. Saw the end of the gods of the heathen people. Any fear of combat would have left David's forces. They realized they were fighting for the innocent among them. Even as the Israeli soldiers were shown video of the horrors of the Holocaust, the Shoah in Hebrew. So they'll be unafraid when they go into combat knowing that they are fighting pure evil, so too David's armies walked through this valley of death. You know, Benjamin, it's interesting, uh, you know, about the balsam trees or the, the, the mulberry, as the King James says, but it's interesting that they almost seem like they could act as a filter for the proud because that's where Absalom caught his hair. In the balsam tree. Wow. And he didn't make it out. Wow. Well, it's it's hard to believe that the people could have fallen to such a ghastly love that people that claim to serve the God of Israel would offer their children in the fire. Same thing's been happening in this land for almost 50 years. Same fires. Same ghastly outcome. Only people turn away. Well, I don't want to go too far into, into the details on Hinnom. We're looking forward to this message. So let us know when it's released, <laughs> but, please. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'm looking forward to it as well, my friend. You know, the most amazing thing is, is over time, when, when Josiah came, hallelujah, when Josiah became king, and, and, you know, he was eight years old when they made him king. I don't think he knew what was going on in the Valley of Hanan when he was eight. Josiah didn't know about Tophet yet. But when he found out, he sent the army there. 
and they utterly destroyed all of the high places of Baal and, and they tore down the altars of Molech and they, they pulverized everything. They completely oh, annihilated, broke into dust these things and then they set the valley on fire and, and Tophet became Sinan, it became literally a garbage dump for the cities of Bethlehem and Jerusalem. And it became an abomination in the eyes of not only the people, but, but all of the leadership. And so that's where dead carcasses of animals would be thrown. And it's also where criminals who were not worthy of a proper burial, their bodies would also be thrown in Tophet and into the Valley of Hinnan. And the garbage dump was set on fire, Frank. And there was so much debris that the fires began to burn as an inferno and they wouldn't go out. And so Tophet began to burn for years without end. And the name of the valley was changed from Hebrew to Greek. And it was changed from Hanan to Gehenan or Gehenna, which we translate as hell. So this valley of worship of demons turned into the valley of hell in the time when Jesus walked the land. And that's what God, if you read the scriptures, he says, I'm going to make this nation like Tophet, and I will turn it into Canaan. I'm going to turn the land into hell itself. But before these fires come, may God send us one like Josiah, a true reformer. I want to read a little bit about Josiah. From 2 Kings 23. And Josiah. Yeah, this is this is after he receives the prophecy. Josiah was eight years old when he began to reign. And and let me read this prophecy to you. He did that which was right in the sight of the Lord. And he walked in all the way of David, his father. And he turned not aside to the right hand or to the left. And Josiah's heart was right. The prophet said to him, because your heart was tender and you humbled yourself before the Lord. When you heard what I spoke against this place and against the inhabitants thereof, that they should become a desolation and a curse. And you rent your clothes and you wept before me. I also have heard you, saith the Lord. Behold, therefore, I will gather thee unto thy fathers, and you shall be gathered in peace, and you will not see the evil which I will yet bring upon this place. Hallelujah. So Josiah came. He took all of the idols out of Jerusalem. And in Jeremiah, I mean, King, 2 Kings 23. 
and he burned all of it at the Brook Kidron. He stamped it into powder. And he broke down the houses of the Sodomites who were by the temple of the Lord. Isn't that disgusting? Where the woman wove hangings for the groves. And he brought out all the priests and they defiled the high places where they had burned incense to the other gods. And he defiled Tophet, which is in the valley of Hinnom, that no man may make his son or daughter pass through the fire of Molech anymore. Well, that passing through the fire, they weren't walking on the coals. Those children were passing into the afterlife. And it's, it's, I should have warned the audience, Frank, maybe when you do the recording, you should add a warning that this is a, this is a, a restricted program. You know, it's aided, it, or I should say it's rated R for reality. And it's, and it's rated R for real, for real intense, because this is what was happening in Israel at the time. And Josiah destroyed Tophet. His army destroyed Hanan. And he took away all of the horses the kings of Judah had given to the sun. And he destroyed all the altars that had been made. And he beat them down. And he burned the high places. And he broke their graven images in pieces. Even the altar at Bethel poured out the burnt bones. And he called the people to the Passover of God. Hallelujah. Second Kings 23, verse 22. Surely there was not held a Passover from the day of the judges or in all the days of the kings of Israel or the kings of Judah, such as the Passover that Josiah called. In the 18th year of his reign, the Passover was held. Moreover, the workers with familiar spirits and the wizards and all the graven images and the idols of their gods and all the abominations that he found in the land of Judah did Josiah put away. He destroyed them. He killed them. He burned them in the fire. I guess their prophetic movement was destroyed at that moment. And all those that muttered with familiar spirits were taken away that he would perform all the words that were written in the book. And like unto him was there no king before him who turned to the Lord with all of his heart and with all of his soul and with all of his might. Neither after him arose there any like him. God's comparing Josiah to all the kings of Israel, including King David, who was a man after God's own heart and in Josiah, the Lord said, he had a tender heart, and he turned to the Lord with all his heart. Josiah's heart was set upon the Lord alone. He didn't love the things of the world. He didn't love the things of the flesh. He didn't love his chocolate milkshake from Burger King. He didn't love his cheeseburgers. He didn't love the pleasures of the flesh. He didn't love the beauty of this world. His heart was in love with God alone. 
and so was all of his soul. His entire purpose, his entire emotional being had one purpose, one passion, one commitment to turn the land back to the Lord, to turn the people back to God, to cleanse the temple of the Lord, to restore what had been fallen. And he also served God with all of his might, all of his strength focused on serving the Lord. When Josiah woke in the morning, there was one purpose in his heart, one passion in his soul, one force of strength driving him to honor the God of Israel, to reform and restore the land, and to bring the people back in covenant with their God. And to do all that the Lord had written in the word of God. Which at the time was the law of Moses. Josiah didn't have the new covenant. He was restoring the old. Before it would be replaced by the new. Today, if a Josiah were to come among us. He would call us back to the new covenant. Covenant which is by the spirit. For the flesh profits nothing. But for those who are devoid of the Holy Spirit, the flesh is all they have. Well, if that's all you got, then bring it. It's a good place to start, but it's not a good place to end. We need to humble ourselves and call upon the Lord and ask him for the refreshing rain of the living water of his Holy Spirit. Because only through the Spirit of God can you discern the clear meaning of the new covenant which is the revelation of Jesus. I know to some it sounds rather almost elementary to say to them that we are no longer under the original Mosaic covenant. Now, in some camps, I could get stoned. In the camps of the Pharisees, they would like to kill me. They want to kill Paul, too, because much of the writings of, of Paul's epistles in the New Testament rebuke their twisted false version of Christianity is a retread of the old covenant. We're not under the old covenant. But we must enter the new covenant by the spirit, not by the mind of the flesh, nor shall we honor God with our lips or serve him with the deeds of the flesh. And yet we are made of flesh. We were born in the flesh. That's why we must be born again. The flesh will profit you nothing. Hallelujah. So Josiah turned to the Lord with all of his heart, with all of his might and all of his soul. He commanded his armies to destroy the graven images of the devil. He sent his soldiers to cleanse not only the temple, but all of the high places. And he led the people in Passover and, and, and in a return to the word of God. And in spite of, of the blessing that was promised to Josiah, the scripture testifies in 2 Kings 23, 26, notwithstanding Josiah's commitment, notwithstanding God's blessings over the king, that the king would never even see the judgment. 
because his faithful commitment to the Lord, notwithstanding that he sought the Lord with a more pure heart than any king before him or any after, notwithstanding all of this, the Lord has not turned away from the fierceness of his great wrath towards this nation and towards these people. Wherewith his anger has been kindled against Babylon, America, even as it kindled against Judah in the time of Josiah. And why would that be? Why would God's anger be kindled in fierceness of great wrath? Well, just look around us. Look around us. The majority of abortions performed in this land in the, in the early years were known as saline abortions. The saline means salt. It's about all most people know about it. Salt concentration is so strong it actually burned, burned the lining of the uterus, burned the baby. Salt would go into the mouth and the nose, burning off the skin, burning into the organs. The babies burned alive in the altars of Molech, which in this era of the new covenant were now the wombs of their mothers. Saline abortions take one to two hours to kill the child. I don't, I don't want to tell you these things. I don't want to know these things. I'm glad I never had to see these things. It reminds me of what the Lord said. When he said, there are things which are hard for me to see. These hard things have brought forth furious wrath of our God fierceness of his wrath against these people against this nation against this wicked and ruined age against all of their demon gods and the Lord said his wrath is kindled because of all of the provocations all of the sins of compromise which have been done of which we are all guilty of some, let us be like Josiah and turn from every wicked way with all of our hearts, all of our soul, all of our bodies. Let's turn from the wicked ways of Babylon. Let's turn from false worship of their gods. Let's turn from the pleasures of their foods. Turn the parties, festivities. Come out from among them, lest you perish with them. And the Lord said, I'm going to remove this people out of my sight. Even as I removed Israel, so I will remove the nation of the new covenant that I formed for my name. And I will cut off this city 
which I've chosen and the house of which I said, my name shall be there. Now in the time of Josiah, the city was Jerusalem and the house was the temple in our day, the city. It's the nation state of America in all the lands in which the church will dwell. And the temple is the people, the living temples. There's a scripture where the Lord speaks to Israel and he says unto the people, I will not forgive you this sin until the day you die. I don't remember the scripture verse. Trust me, it's in the word because it sent shudders of fear down my spine. Woe unto the people who so provoked the Lord with sin and compromise. Though they yet be his people, he will withhold his mercy and forgiveness until they literally taken off this planet till the day they die. That day is coming. There yet shall be a remnant saved. I want to touch real briefly in Isaiah. Hallelujah. In that day shall this song be sung in the land of Judah, Isaiah 26. We have a strong city. Salvation God has appointed for its walls. Open the gates that the righteous who keep the truth may enter in. Notice it. At the risk of angering some of my audience, I will point out to you that the scripture does not say the righteous nation which keeps the Sabbath. No, in the new covenant, the most important thing to keep is the truth. The nation of people keep the truth. We love the truth. Jesus said, I am the truth. They keep Jesus in their heart. They keep the word of God in their heart. It's not about outward acts of obedience. I know the people who cannot understand me think I must be a heretic as I speak to you about the revelation of the new covenant. And it is altogether different than the old. It's the reason they crucified Jesus. They couldn't believe God would create a new covenant. One greater than Moses would come. And the law of sin and death would be replaced by the law of grace and truth. But it would require repentance from the bottom of your heart. Or it would do you no good at all. The people who worship God with their lips. And who honor God in their minds. Who serve him. In ways that seem right in their own eyes. While they gossip and slander another. While they lie to cover their own sin. All the while thinking they are believers. They are not keeping the truth. They're not walking in it. They don't keep it. They don't even own the truth. They do not have the truth. And they do not belong to the truth either. Thou will keep in perfect peace. Whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusts in thee. Trust in the Lord forever. For in the Lord is everlasting strength. He will bring down those that dwell on high. That lofty city. How he shall now lay it low. He will bring it even into the dust. The way of the just is upright. For thou most upright dost weigh the path of the just. 
Yes, in the way of judgment, O Lord, have we waited for thee. In the way of justice, in the way of truth, the desire of our soul is thy name. In the remembrance of thee. Hallelujah. In that day, the same day, the day when the Lord will come, the Lord is going to, with his sore and great and strong sword, he's going to punish Leviathan, the crooked and piercing serpent. He's going to punish the red dragon that dwells in the sea of humanity. In that day, sing unto her a vineyard of red wine. I, the Lord, do keep it, and I will water it at every moment, lest any hurt it, and I will keep it night and day. I, the Lord, do keep my vineyard. I'll water it every moment. And isn't, that, isn't that how God treats the remnant? Every time we raise our hands, every time we call upon his name, the Lord pours out the living water because our souls are parched. The heat is on. The heat's on in the natural, and the heat is on in the spirit. And, and just as the trees in the natural need more water now to survive, so too we in the spirit. We need more living water because the heat is hotter than ever. And the Lord says, fury is not in me, not against his own vineyard. Who would set the briars and thorns against me in battle? I would go through them and burn them together. So too today, the best of us that are as briars and thorns, they're going to be burned soon. Let them take hold of my strength that they may make peace with me. Isaiah 27, verse 5, and they shall make peace with me. Brothers and sisters, you cannot make peace with God within the Ten Commandments. You cannot make peace with God by trying harder to do better this time. You cannot make peace with God through the knowledge of good and evil. You can't make peace with the Lord through your lips, and you can't make peace through your works. You can only make peace with God through Jesus. And you can only make peace through Jesus, through the Holy Spirit. You must be born again. And if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And if you are not one of his, then you have no peace with God. You will find yourself among the many on the wide road on that day. But if you belong to the Lord, he will, he will purge you. Hallelujah. He shall cause them that come out of Jacob to take root. Israel shall blossom and bud. The remnant shall be redeemed. And they'll fill the face of the world with fruit. First in the natural and again in the spirit. So reborn Israel in the natural began to export huge quantities of fruit to the world. So the remnant, when born again totally, they too will bring forth fruit before the whole earth. Has he smitten him? Has God smitten his remnant? The same as he smote those who smote the remnant? Has God judged you the same way that he judges the world that has persecuted you? No. Have we been slain according to the slaughter 
of those that are going to be slaughtered of the Lord or slain of the mighty ones that are coming? No, we have not been smitten. We've not faced a judgment the same as the wicked, nor have we suffered the suffering that's coming upon the wicked. Rather, in measure, when the judgment of God shoots forth, you will debate with it. And he stays his east wind in the day of the eastern wind. The Lord judges us in measure. He brings his persecutions, his afflictions upon us, but only in measure. And by this, by these judgments, by these persecutions, that's how our iniquity is cleansed. And this is all the fruit to take away our sin when we make the stones of our altar as chalk stones. And it literally means, the word is gear, and it means burn. When we've not only put a fire on the altar, we burn the altar itself. Where our hearts have melted within us. Where we've come to the place of the utter abandonment of the flesh. Where we're ready to pick up our cross. We cannot serve two masters. The mind of the flesh will always serve the will of the flesh. And the flesh is a devious one. Subtle like the serpent. Come up with all kinds of religious arguments. Why he's really doing good. Flesh profits us nothing. It's only when we come to the end of the flesh. We're ready to burn the altars themselves. And we're ready to beat the groves asunder. And we're ready to knock all the images of false worship down so they stand no more. Yet the defense city shall be desolate. The people that try to stop this process are going to themselves be desolated. And their habitations will be forsaken. They'll be left in the wilderness. And there the calf shall feed. And there he shall lie down. Consume the branches. When the bows are withered, they shall be broken off, and the women shall come and set them on fire. These are the fruitless branches that are about to be cut off, bundled together, and then cast into the fire. For these are people of no understanding. Therefore, the Lord that hath made them will not have mercy on them. Stupid is as stupid does, and stupid is about to get burned in the fire. And he that formed them will show them no favor. And will come to pass in that day that the Lord shall beat off from the channel of the river. He will beat them unto the streams of Egypt. And you shall be gathered one by one, O children of Israel. And I know a number of people, scores of people had this vision in their own mind. That the remnant would all be gathered in these big groups. And in huge groups we would all be delivered. The scripture testifies you'll be saved one by one. You go to the cross alone. We, we spend the dark night of the soul alone before the Lord. We come to the place of total repentance alone. We deny ourselves alone. We deal with God alone. And you will be delivered by the Lord. One by one. And it shall come to pass in that day. The sound of the great trumpet shall be heard. 
And they shall come who were ready to perish in the land of Assyria, the outcasts of Mitzrayim. And they shall worship the Lord in the holy mountains of Jerusalem. Hallelujah. And they that erred in vision and they that stumbled in judgment will be corrected. For today all the tables are full of vomit and filthiness. Such there is no place clean. Who shall I teach knowledge to? Who can even understand the idea of a new covenant with a new commandment? Try to tell somebody, the Lord created a new commandment. No, he didn't. Everything's in the original covenant. No, it is not. There's a new commandment for a new covenant. And whom shall he teach this knowledge to? And who will understand the true doctrine? Those that have weaned from the mouth, drawn from the breast. Amen. To whom he said, this is the rest wherein ye may cause the weary to rest. And this is the refreshing. This is the source of the refreshing water that will heal your parched soul. Yet they would not hear. For the word of the Lord was unto them precept upon precept, line upon line, here a little, there a little, that they might go and fall backwards and be broken and snared and taken. Falling backwards. That word, Frank, it, it, it actually means in the West and at the end of time. At the end of the age, the people would fall backwards. There'll be a great falling away. It will originate in the West. False doctrines, false anointings, false prophets, a false deliverance, That's false what covenant. Is. The false deliverance, brother, falling backwards. Yes, I heard you. Yeah. And how many? They all fell backwards. And they will go and fall backwards. Right there in the scripture. The false church fulfilled Isaiah 28, 13. And, and in so doing, they were broken and snared and taken. It's simply amazing that this is literally happening. They shall fall backwards. And, and that word backward is literally, it's achron. And it's, we get the word acharaith from achron. And it literally means what will come hereafter. It also means the West. What will come after the end of the old covenant, after the prophetic revelation of Israel in the Western part of the world, There'll be a great falling away at the end of the age. And we're living it. And now they want to tell you the world is flat. <laughs> like this matters. The truth is your heart better be broken before the Lord. Care to do the, the science. It's, it truly is a sphere, my friends. I know that's earth shattering to some of you. And yes, the foundation of the world cannot be moved. No one can move it. You know, the physics of, of our universe is so complex, lay people can't even comprehend it because we're n-dimensional. Every point in the universe is the precise center because of the n-dimensional curvature of space. We're in a time-space continuum created by the mind of the Lord. 
in which there is the hiding of his power and he is in total control of everything. The people have fallen backwards. And in so doing, they've been broken. The word is shabar. And it literally means to be torn, to be brokenhearted. And, you know, and if in falling into these deceptions, you respond with a broken heart. That's the place of repentance. That's the place of Josiah. That's the place where you're ready to burn the altar itself. Amen. Others having been snared. That word is yachosh. And it literally means to have been captured in the snare of a follower. The devil has captured you in his, in his grasp. And, and, and if that's your condition, you need deliverance. And you can break these powers. You know, and there's an entire ministry of people that are professional deliverance people. And, and a lot of them charge a lot of money an hour to, to read, you know, handwritten deliverance prayers over you. And, and these prayers, um, you know, perhaps they, they, they do work in certain times and places. But I have news for you. True heartfelt repentance, true weeping and mourning, true fasting and prayer. True humbling yourself and confessing your sins one to another and asking for forgiveness of the brother that you bore false witness against. These are the things that bring deliverance. There is more power in weeping and repentance than there is in deliverance prayers. Because ultimately the Lord is the deliverer. So even those that have been snared, they can be delivered. For a broken and contrite heart. And lastly, the people would fall backwards. They would be broken hearted. They would be snared by the devil. And the third group, these would be taken. And it literally is lachad. It means to be frozen and to be stuck together, to be occupied or captured by the enemy. And, and um, I don't know if these are coming back or not. But in this chapter of Isaiah 28, the Lord continues and he speaks to the leaders as scornful men. And he says unto them, because you've made a covenant with death. And with hell, you've entered into an agreement. With the overflowing scourge would pass through your land and it would not come unto you. And therefore, they've made lies their refuge. And under falsehoods and false doctrines, they've hidden themselves. Therefore, thus says the Lord, behold, I will lay in Zion a foundation for a foundation, a cornerstone, tried and true, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. And he that believeth shall not make haste. And if there's one thing that the demonic always does when Satan's trying to deceive you, is he puts you under pressure. You've got to act now. You've got to go fast. You've got to decide now. You've got to do this, or it'll all be lost, and you've got to do it right now. But he that believes shall not make haste. There's always time to pray. There's always time to seek the counsel of the Lord. For judgment will God lay line to line, and righteousness is the plumb line. And the hail that is coming, a hailstorm is coming, and it will sweep away the refuge of lies. The waters of his judgment shall overflow the hiding places of darkness. And the covenant of death will be annulled. The agreement with hell shall not stand. And when the overflowing scourge 
when the demonic flood comes into the land, people that have entered into agreements with hell shall be literally trampled by the horsemen of the apocalypse. And from the time that it goes forth, it will take them. Morning by morning, it will pass over them. By day and night, there shall be vexation to even hear this report. And so the bed will be shorter than a man can stretch out and the covering narrower so no one can wrap themselves in it. These covenants with the flesh will cover nothing. They provide no covering, no protection, no peace, no rest. Only curses and death will follow them. And then the Lord will rise up as in Mount Parazim. And God broke through against David's enemies in the early years of his kingdom. And God will be wroth as in the valley of Gibeon. And then he will do his work. He shall bring forth his strange work. And he will bring his act, his strange act. And the strange work of God, the strange act of the Lord, is the purging judgment of his people. Because the people of God never expected the judgment which is now about to come upon them. And it's also strange to the Lord, for the Lord would prefer not to have to judge his people with a fire unto death in order to cleanse them. He would prefer that you would repent at the preaching of Josiah. He would prefer that you would turn from the foolishness of your own way and to seek him early in fasting and in prayer. To have the courage to humble yourself before God and men. Cry out for mercy. And keep pressing in. Until you begin to weep. For your own sin. And weep for what's about to come forth in this land. Now therefore be ye not mockers of my word. Lest the chains upon you be made stronger. For I have heard from the Lord God of hosts. A consumption has been determined, a judgment decreed. A holocaust is coming upon this whole earth and this whole land. The bread corn is only bruised. God will not be threshing the remnant forever, lest he break them with the wheel of his cart, nor bruise them with the hoofs of the four horsemen that are coming. This wisdom also came forth from the Lord of hosts, who is wonderful in his counsel and is excellent in his vision. Yet the vision of this people has become as the words of a book that is sealed. And those who read cannot see, for the book is sealed. Therefore the Lord said unto me, For as much as this people have drawn near to me with their mouth, and with only their lips have they honored me, but they've removed their hearts far from me. And their fear to me is taught by the precept of men. Therefore, behold, I am about to do a marvelous work in this land. The wisdom of your wise shall perish, and the understanding and the prudent will be hidden in darkness. And the terrible ones will be brought to nothing. The scorners among us will be consumed. And all of they that watch for iniquity shall be cut off. Who would make a man an offender for a word. And they lay a snare for him that reproves in the gate. 
turning aside the justice of the righteous for a thing of nothing. And yet now we shall sanctify the Lord and let the fear of God be our wisdom. That those who err in spirit would now come to understanding. And those that murmur against the true word of God shall finally learn true doctrine. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you all for listening. Praise God. Folks, I think this is important tonight to understand that um, there's a million preparations you can make in the flesh. There's a million things you can do, but it's not by might. It's not my, by power, but it's by the Lord's spirit alone. Folks, when you follow the Lord and you get in tune with him, you won't have to fret over obedience versus disobedience. I remember one time, Benjamin, a guy said to me years ago, he said, I don't drink because the church says don't drink. He says, I drink all that I want. I just don't want to drink those things anymore. And it was like revelation. It was so simple. When he got on track with God, when it was by his spirit, the Lord drives our affections and our obedience and our love. And the freedom that you have in that is so much greater than trying to force your way devoid of the spirit, which will end up, it'll be sad. Because there are going to be a lot of very obedient people in hell. They did the things that they believed were right, but they had no relationship with Jesus Christ. They tried to, in their flesh, get into the kingdom. And the, that means that you are putting God into debt to you, and that is impossible. It is by his spirit. The blood was shed on Calvary. So that would, could be done God's way. And folks, if I could ever express to you, this is the hour to do it. If you're wondering what you should do, when you should leave, how you should stay, how you should prepare, whatever. Folks, put that aside until you can take the time to get alone with God. First, square that up. And I'm telling you, he will guide you. Benjamin and myself have been talking for years about leaving. When is the time? And brother, I think the consensus has always been as soon as the Lord says go and not a minute before. But you're not going to be able to find that out if you don't listen to God. You don't want to leave this country if it's not time. You don't want to stay if you're supposed to go. And the only way you're going to know is by being in tune with the Lord, reading his word, fasting, praying, seeking his face, and he will reveal to you the truth in his time, not in yours. And I can tell you right now, folks, you can take that to the bank because that is the biblical way. It is by the spirit of the living God that we shall survive in these last days. Not of our own. There's not five. You can't put away 500 million cans of tuna fish to get you through, you'll still be hungry if the Lord is not with you in these last days. Brother, thank you so much for sharing tonight. Hey, you're welcome, Frank. We, um, go ahead, brother. 
uh, just um, I just don't even know what to say. You know, some people are getting it. Other people, it's like their eyes are closed. You know. Yeah. It's amazing how they said my body, my choice until it's time to get vaccinated. Then you have no choice. It's okay. If you want to choose to slaughter babies, but don't you dare say you don't want to take the jab. What a disgusting world where Moloch runs the United States of America. Yep. And Frank, do you know how many abortions have occurred since um, it became legal? I think it was about, it's close to like 60 million, isn't it? It's almost, it's way past 60 now. How about worldwide? Oh, I don't even know the worldwide. 1.5 billion. Shame on us, this world. 1.5 billion. 6,000 an hour, Frank. 100 a minute. 1.5 babies a second. You know, I, I had no idea that the horror of saline abortion. And, you know, now they use um, they use suction. You know, so gross. It's terrible. So but gross. they're also using what they call induced labor abortion, which means they induce the birth of a premature baby and then they cut it up, oh. harvesting the organs while it's yet alive for scientific research. So vile. The same, the same way the Chinese government harvests organs from their political or prisoners, we're harvesting organs from babies. This is happening in the United States. The University of Pittsburgh is a recipient of a lot of these organs. I mean, it's, un- it's unbelievable. So, you know, what is coming to America? A nation that had more prosperity, more freedom more access to the truth of the new covenant than any other nation in the world or in history. God shed his grace on thee and what we shed in its place is the blood of 60, almost 70 million babies right here in this country. You know, and and for the listeners who, you know, maybe you were deceived into having an abortion or you you participated with a girlfriend or a wife or whatever you know and you look back and it's the most horrible thing you that you've done i mean we've all done things we wish we could never you know you wish there's one thing i could do go back and do different you know that would be it if you've ever been involved in any way you know there's there's forgiveness with the lord amen you know we're not bringing condemnation on this point I mean, and this blood is on all of our hands. I remember in the late 70s, the Lord came to my house. You know, I don't make these stories up, you guys. You know, the, the, the penalty for speaking a false word in the name of the Lord is uh, pretty severe. It's the death penalty. And I, I literally heard him say, I want you to pray for the babies that are being murdered in America. He said murdered in America. He didn't tell me they were being burned to death with saline abortions. And I mean, I was still somewhat young. I don't know that I could have handled that. All I knew is they were being murdered. And I asked him, you know, well, why don't you just give the church to pray? 
I've asked my church to pray and they won't pray. And then I asked them, well, what's wrong with your church? The Lord responded saying, I just want you to pray. And, you know, today, I mean, I, I, I can't tell you what's wrong with all these churches. But I, I don't think the situation has gotten better. You know, if there's, if there's anything that's happened in the church in the last, well, at this point, it's like 40 years. I think the situation in the church has grown worse, not better. So the number of people praying for the babies being murdered in America is probably less than it was. And in that time, the Lord had asked the churches to pray and they simply would not pray. And it's astonishing. And yet, if you went to those churches, it's my opinion that they would tell you, oh, the Lord never asked us to pray for babies being murdered in America. We don't even believe the babies are being murdered. We think this is just a... It's just a free choice. You know, whatever story they would tell you, I rather doubt any of them would, would acknowledge or even recognize that they had ignored the plea from heaven to pray for the innocent life being burned to death in the wounds of American mothers. And, and how many would have responded to fasting in prayer you know, how many Christians today will fast and pray? I mean, honestly, you know, go to any church. Half the people, the evidence of their lack of fasting is in their faces. You can tell just by their physical appearance that they clearly are not fasting on any basis. You know, and it's because we can't put down the, the cheeseburger. We can't put away that charbroiled burger. We got to keep that oven burning. And at the same time, the babies are burning. Turn off the fire. Fast even for one meal. One day, it's nothing. Two or three days, nothing. Do a Daniel fast for three weeks if you need your physical strength. Fruits and vegetables. You know, seeds and nuts. Low quantities for energy only, no processed food, no meat, no chips, no, no animal products, no dairy. Just do a Daniel fast for three weeks, four weeks. It's, it'll detox your health. It'll cleanse your mind. And it'll give power to your prayers. Do something. Do anything. The country's falling apart. The, the CDC released a report today that they're preparing internment camps. They're coming for you, my friends. And we don't have time to fast and pray. Heaven help us. There are the voices of Josiah in this land. But is anybody listening? And the fierce anger of the Lord has not turned away from this nation. I pray he turns away from you and your house. But we need to respond like Josiah. Or we're just dreaming. We can't keep our sin. We can't keep our compromise. And we can't keep our lies, the refuge of lies, to cover our deceptions from ourselves. I'm, I'm aghast at the dishonesty I find in the church, in the remnant. I, the same dishonesty I find in myself at times. I don't want to see the sin either. It's in all of us. The remnant's going to be fearless. Brutally honest. Confess your sins one to another. 
not to the women's prayer group, not to your online chat room, not to that Christian friend that's going to be offended and betray you next week. Find someone you know that loves you, that you can trust. Fast and pray with them. Enter a solemn assembly with them. Whatever you can do, a meal, a day, a weekend, get together and confess your deepest sins. There's freedom in the confession of one to another. Follow the admonition of scriptures exactly. Watch what the Lord will do. Amen. Amen. Folks, listen, we've done fasts and they're powerful and i think you should fast all the time and everybody should do a long-term fast and and even about the daniel fast um we're just a friend of mine just talking about it we're gonna we're gonna start the daniel fast too and it just folks this has to be a lifestyle and it's not about being more righteous it's not about demanding the voice of god or you know to be spoken in your life it's not about saying god look hear me now when you fast and humble yourself you're what you're saying to the lord when you do it his way you're saying lord i can't do this on my own this is a plea from the inner heart that says god i can't in the flesh walk but lord by my by your spirit lord i'm humbling myself because i'm saying god i cannot do this And if you could only just understand the grace and the mercy of your heavenly father when he sees his children in that state and the tenderness of his heart, just like towards the king, when the king read his book, the book of the law had been lost for so long in Josiah's day. And when he had read it and he was broken, the tenderness, it broke his heart. Literally the Lord, yes, judgment is coming, but he saw that tenderness and his wrath was turned from the king. And folks, when we humble ourselves and the Lord sees the tenderness of our heart, your God is so full of mercy. And yes, if you've had that abortion, folks, I listen, I used to think abortion was the great way to go. Easy out. It's wrong. I was wrong. I was an idiot. I was messed up on drugs. And I know it's not the drug's fault. I made the conscious decision by what I did in my life. But I realized after I met Jesus that life was precious. And because now I stand again, it doesn't make me a hypocrite because I'm honest with where I have been. And if you've had that happen and you've done those things, your father in heaven will not only forgive, but he will restore. And that's what we're talking about. Fasting, praying, and receiving that renewing, that restoration power that comes through brokenness in seeking your God. Oh, when the Lord sees a broken and contrite spirit, it does. It, it, he repeats it over and over in the word, what it does. That's the one he looks to. The proud, the lofty, he's got no time for that. But the broken, your heavenly father takes notice. Brother, thank you so much for this tonight. You're ministered to me. Thank you so much. Well, I hope it wasn't too intense. Needed a dose of reality, but it made me sick about the things that are done to these babies. I can barely hear it. It's so gross. But we can stop it, Frank. We have the power to stop it. We can intervene. I mean, the Lord didn't ask me to pray because it wasn't going to have an effect. We can do something. Save a baby today. You know, and that's the reason why. God had David's army walk through the valley of Hinnon. They would have seen those shriveled, blackened corpses of those little burnt babies. Can you imagine the resolve that formed in those men to go fight for the Lord? 
when they saw really what they were fighting against. And that it's the same evil today. Mm. We need to fight with Amen. all of our might. Our weapons of warfare are not carnal. No, we're not going to fight not. them with the power of the flesh. We've got to break through in Parazine. We've got to find the place of the Lord's breakthrough. And it's when that, when you hear the wind of the Holy Spirit rustling in the trees and the leaves and trees, the weeping of the saints broken before the throne of God. And at that point, the Lord says, now I'm ready to Amen. go forth with you. Amen. And then we cannot be defeated. Hallelujah. Brother, God bless you. Thank you so much for this message this evening. Folks, listen, our God is merciful. Don't wait another moment. Don't wait another second. Fall on your knees and cry out to him. The solution between you and your problems is simply the distance between your knees and the floor. Our God is waiting, just like with the prodigal son. And the Bible says when he saw him coming, he took off running. Your father is waiting to rescue you. He's just looking for that call from his child. And he will come running. This is Brother Frank and Brother Benjamin on the Remnant Call saying to everybody, good night and shalom. Trumpet in Zion, for the day of the Lord is come. Blow a trumpet in Zion, someday.